When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. L-A-S-I-K. LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K. LASIK.com. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. I don't know about you. I I was thinking that uh, the, uh, uh, the Gary and Shannon show was getting a little slap happy there at the end, and I was jealous. I wanted to jump right in there. Uh, it, it seemed like they were having a, a blast, and and here I was just putting together show notes and getting ready to to do the next four hours. But uh, they were looking, you know, this is why this is why I like listening to to them. They're always having fun. <sighs> Toss out your notes. Alas. Let's screw around. I'm fine with that. All right, let's do this, Mark. <laughs> uh, here, I was just telling Eric um, as we were getting ready to go on the air. I just saw a tweet from Jason Alexander. You know who that is? That was uh, uh, from Seinfeld. Uh, yeah. Uh, from Seinfeld, George Costanza on Seinfeld. Um, and he just posted a, It's a, I don't even know what it is. He said something about finding some file or something. And I got to tell you, Jason Alexander looks like evil Bill Handel right now. Like remarkably close. It is, it is stunning. Imagine Bill Handel with a, with a, like a, I've grown an evil must, uh, uh, excuse me, a goatee. That's Jason Alexander right now. Has he ditched the I'd rug? Like Wait, he, was, he was using a rug for a while, wasn't he? I guess so. He's got no rug now. He's okay. got uh, the skin halo okay. happening. Okay. Right. Good. Good to know. So that's going on right now. And I don't know. Can anyone confirm? Has Jason Alexander and Bill Handel have they ever been in the same room together? No. It's like Batman and Bruce Wayne, except not that's as, what I'm wondering. Not as cool. Yeah, I'm wondering if maybe this goatee is simply the uh, the the Clark Kent glasses that uh, Superman would throw on, right? I mean, it's, it's, like, it's oh, funny how many people the glasses uh-huh. and the spit curl will will fool. I I'm pretty sure Handel could get away with it with a, with a goatee. Wasn't that something? Yeah, wasn't that something? Uh, let me see. I've got to, I've got some stuff coming up on the program today, including uh, uh, I talked to Pops 
uh, before the show started. He's back in northern Michigan. He says, well, they say there's a blizzard coming. I'm like, oh, yeah? He says, yep. <laughs> All right. Well, are you ready for it? Ah, you know them. <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? <laughs> he, this, is, this is how grizzled old man always talks. Ah, you know them. Meaning that the weatherman must be lying, right? And he says, they just, they're calling that a, a warning, not even a watch. They're just calling it a warning. And I go, well, you know, that's what they do when they think the weather is going to be bad. And yeah, you know them. All right, Pops, that's outstanding. So I mean, it's entirely possible my father uh, dies in a snowstorm this weekend uh, simply because he never believes the weatherman. Uh, it's also possible that they don't get a blizzard and Pops calls me going, well, I told you, you know them. So that's uh, that's on tap for the, the holiday for me. So I have that look to look forward to. Uh, we got other. Zelensky is in D.C. That's a big story. We'll talk with our ABC News correspondent out of Washington on that in just a little bit. I did see this. Mark, you've done a, a number of stories, right, throughout the years about uh, um, human trafficking, right? You've oh, done sure. stories. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. How many times do you do a story where it's actually like we we've recovered someone from human trafficking? I've done interviews with victims before where I'm talking to someone that was trafficked. We know human trafficking is an issue because we hear about the stats, right? But but it's not it's really more one of those statistical things where it's not necessarily in our faces all the time. We just know it's there, we know it's going on, maybe it's going on under our noses, but and we it, we assume it probably is. But, I mean, how many times do we hear about, oh, well, we, we busted human traffickers on, you know, uh, on, on the 15 in Riverside. Eh, not, not all that often. Sometimes, I suppose. But not really all that often. We just know that it's an issue. So I'm getting ready for the show today, and I run across this story out of Bakersfield. So KGET, I don't know, what do they go by KGET in Bakersfield? K-Get. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Yes. I, I haven't heard them. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're an affiliate of, of uh, KTLA. So KGET Bakersfield um, has a story about th- these uh, these human trafficking victims. Somebody escaped and just started raising holy hell in the neighborhood. And all the neighbors came out going, what, what's happening? Can't even imagine An investigation this. by the Kern County Sheriff's Department reveals 16 people being held captive in an East Bakersfield home. 17's Karen Marquine has video of the man who escaped in a desperate attempt to free his family and others. Yeah, so this guy like escaped. 16 people stuck in this home, which looks like a, just a, an average ranch home. Uh, so 16 people are in there. Somebody gets out, and it's being caught on the neighbor's security cam because everybody's got a security cam nowadays. Uh, and and so uh, the security cam picks it up. Here's this guy banging on garage doors, screaming for help. This never-before-seen footage shows a man run up to a home and bang on the garage door. He then proceeds to scream, help us. Oh, yeah. uh, then they go through and, you know, they talk to the neighbors and, and everything else and, and uh, what did you see? What did you, what did they see? All this other stuff. But I just thought, holy cow, we hear about it. You and I have done stories on human trafficking for forever, Mark. But would you ever assume that it would be in a 
a typical middle class suburban neighborhood, like your neighbor? No, they, to be honest with you, uh, that sounds much more like the plot of a low budget horror film, like the Barbarian one that was just yes! released, than something you'd see in the news. Usually, people who are involved in human trafficking as victims, you just don't hear from them because they tend to disappear. Yeah, exactly. Or they end up on like Epstein Island or something, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, right. Well, they and, and again disappear. In this case, these people got out. And we, I don't know, I, I always think of it, and this is the problem, I suppose, when it comes to human trafficking, I always think of of uh, human traffickers as being, you know, sort of lowlifes. I mean, they are, but sort of presenting themselves that way, you know, sort of scuzzy-looking people. I don't think of them as looking very middle-class, driving through the neighborhood in their... Uh, you know, in their minivan, getting ready to take kids to soccer practice or whatever. I don't no, think picture that was him. Picture him in track suits with uh, with medallions, lots of <laughs> lots of gold hanging. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And and a, and a, maybe driving moving trucks in the middle of the night, that sort of thing. I don't ever think that it's going to be in that you know decent. Uh, I don't know what do you go just a stick built boring home uh, next door. Oh, that's the place where, oh, yeah, Smiths used to live there. They had a batting cage in the backyard. They took off a little while ago. Their son's going to UCLA, and and, uh, they decided to downsize, and they sold it. New neighbors seem nice. Got a lot of moving trucks coming through in the middle of the night, though. That's a little weird. It just so makes you the, think of all the, the the secrets between the beneath the veneer of whatever uh, middle class neighborhood that yeah. you stroll through or live in. What are people hiding? It's exactly it's more than you think. Whatever you think it is. Well, and the reason I brought this, the reason I mentioned this by saying that we we have to assume it's going on right under our noses here is that while this is in Bakersfield, they said that the victims had been transported by boat from Ensenada to San Diego, and we hear about the Pongas being. Uh, you know, seized offshore in, in off San Diego all the time. They said then they were transported by vehicle to Bakersfield, which means that these victims came up in some van of some sort, or you know, like a the, like a U-Haul or something, and they came up either came up five or came up fifteen, uh, and made it right on through, right under our noses until they made it up to Bakersfield, which means it's happening right in front of us. When you're on the freeway, you always have to wonder if when you see a panel truck. Uh huh. What's in there? I always or do. Who's in there? What's going on with that? Right. And does that void the insurance on your panel truck? You know, <laughs> among other things. Like yes. if, yeah, yeah. Paid extra for that just in case. All right, we will uh, check with our ABC News correspondent about uh, uh, Vladimir Zelensky, Time Magazine's Person of the Year, by the way, uh, who's coming to D.C. Seems like a dangerous thing for him to do, just to jump in a plane and head on out to a different country. Although, I don't know, probably safer here than he is staying in the country that's currently being bombed. We'll talk about what his visit meant uh, to the Ukrainians, what it means to the United States, and how our reaction, uh, what our reaction is to that. That's in just a few moments. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken on KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere in your iHeartRadio app. Our ABC News correspondent, Jay O'Brien, uh, just got a message into the newsroom and said he's still doing live coverage of Zelensky because the press the uh, the press conference went late. Let me tell you one thing that's so freaking frustrating for those of us in the media, the media, the media. These politicians suck at being on time. Really horrible. They're terrible at being on time. This isn't the fault of our, our correspondent, who we had scheduled to be on the show right now. This is because those politicians, I swear to you, if they say, 
we're coming on at at, uh, at two o'clock. They're not going to be on until two thirty. If they say we're coming on at at ten forty five, they're not getting on until eleven thirty. If they say they're going to be on at eleven, they're not coming on until noon. It drives me bonkers. This happens all the time, really. Guys, uh, Eric Morgan. I mean, more often than not, the politicians are are late. And I don't mean a little late. I mean, they are 15, 20, 30 plus minutes late. Is that, am I right on this? Or is this just selective uh, memory on my part? No. Sometimes they get out there, but God, it just seems like they're always running so friggin' far behind. I don't know how they do it. I guess when you're the teacher, it doesn't matter uh, if the students are waiting for you, right? Right? It doesn't matter what time the bell goes off for the students to get back to class. What matters is when the teacher gets there, I suppose. And I, I guess that's the deal. They say, well, we're going to do a press conference at 2. And we say, well, we were here at 2. And they go, yeah, well, we weren't. But if they want to do the press conference at 2 and we're not there at 2, then, then we're the ones that miss out. So I guess they get to call the shots. Drives me nuts. Anyway, uh, Vladimir Zelensky is uh, in D.C. today. This is, It was sort of announced a couple of days ago that the uh, Ukrainian president would be visiting the US. And I'm seeing the I'm seeing the pomp and circumstance around it. I said uh, Schumer and Pelosi were saying this is like Winston Churchill coming to the United States uh, after the start of World War II and whatever. I think that's a, a bit grandiose, but I do think it's an important uh, visit by Zelensky both uh, symbolically for his nation uh, as far as uh, bringing up support uh, in the United States for uh, for Ukraine, continued support for Ukraine here in the United States. Uh, let's see, Mitch McConnell uh, was very welcoming to Zelensky, which is which is great because I've seen some people, some of the Lauren Boebert, some of the Marjorie Taylor Greens that have said that aid to Ukraine is nothing more than funneling money to the Democrats, which is absurd, but. Uh, that's the new conspiracy theory that the war in Ukraine isn't happening. It's only a cover to funnel money to, uh, I don't know, the Democratic Party, to the Democrats themselves, to George Soros. Hell if I know. Uh, Eric, you want to play that from uh, from the control room there? This is uh, this is uh, Mitch McConnell exciting us with his energetic tone. I look forward to welcoming President Zelensky to the Capitol and to hearing from the Ukrainian people's elected leader at a critical moment in their struggle for their safety and their sovereignty against Russia's unhinged aggression. The people of Ukraine have reminded the entire free world about the meaning of sovereignty and the price of freedom. They fought back against the invaders with inspiring bravery. And let's be clear. The reason that a big bipartisan majority of the American people and a big bipartisan majority in Congress support continuing to assist Ukraine is not primarily about inspiring speeches or desire to engage in philanthropy. The Ukrainian people are courageous and innocent, and they deserve our help. Okay. So Mitch McConnell says it's not about inspiring speeches, and he goes on to give that very inspiring speech. I don't know about you guys, but I'm I'm ready to take up arms and and charge up the nearest hill, uh, just ready to dive headfirst, uh, naked into the deep end. Let's go! Yeah, Mitch McConnell gets me charged up. Mm. I tell you what, man, I am wound like a top. I'm ready to go. Thanks, Mitch. 
So anyway, uh, he says that's cool. So he's glad to have Zelensky here. Uh, that's fantastic. Uh, Zelensky then gave uh, President Joe Biden a soldier's award. Uh, as they spoke at the White House, Zelensky presented Biden with an award given to a Ukrainian soldier. The soldier wanted to present, uh, excuse me, wanted the president to have it. Zelensky said he's very brave. Uh, this of the soldier saying that the soldier is a captain of uh, a battery, which is an advanced rocket system sent by the U.S., and that he said to give it to a very brave president. That's great. So uh, uh, President Joe Biden gets a Ukrainian soldier's medal. Uh, He seemed very confused in the photograph that's been printed by Getty Images. Uh, He uh, received the medal. He stared at the medal. He looked uh, baffled by the medal. Um, he wondered what he was going to do with that. Uh, it also appears that Joe Biden didn't know how he was going to get the medal on. Maybe uh, pins confuse him. Entirely possible. And also wondered, you know, where it's appropriate to wear that medal. Uh, can you wear that to a, a general dinner party or, or is it for formal events only? Zelensky is thanking Biden and ordinary Americans for support. That means you and me. Uh, In front of a roaring fire inside the Oval Office and flanked by reporters, Zelensky thanked President Biden for the support of the United States, which Biden said now includes a Patriot missile defense system and precision bomb kits. Ah, it's a Christmas present we all hope for, but only one of us is getting. Thank you so much, Mr. President. Great honor for me to be here with your journalist. Thank you so much for the invitation. I really wanted to come earlier. Mr. President knows, but I couldn't do it because of the situation was so difficult. Zelensky thanked Biden for his big support and leadership, as well as the ordinary American people for standing with Ukraine. Thanks from our ordinary people to your ordinary people, Americans. We really, excuse me, I really appreciate Zelensky saying to uh, President Joe Biden. So there you go. We've got uh, Zelensky in Washington. He's saying thanks to the president. He's saying thanks to you for your continued support as we watch uh, the invasion by Russia. uh, And we see that the Ukrainians are holding out a whole lot longer than we expected. In many ways, and I think this is what uh, Schumer and Pelosi were trying to do when they were saying that this is like uh, Churchill visiting before World War II or during World War II. It's not so much that we look at Ukraine and we say, wow, this is, you know, that needs to be our fight. There's a little bit of that going on where we we see Russia invading another country and it harkens back the proxy wars of the Cold War. And and we see Vladimir Putin, who's unhinged and sort of falls into that same, you know, loony category as the the Kim Jong-uns of the world and such. I also think there's this little bit of us. It's the David versus Goliath aspect of it. And I don't know how other cultures are. I just know in the American culture, we love to root for the underdog. Don't we? We always, we would, we love to see Rocky beat Apollo Creed or at least tie Apollo Creed in the first uh, movie. We like to see the mighty ducks quack their way to the, Little League Hockey Victory Championship. We love to see Daniel LaRusso take down uh, Johnny, can't remember his last name. We love to see the underdog. We love to see that scrappy underdog win. And a lot of that goes back to our own history here in the United States where, my God, we were the scrappy underdogs in the Revolutionary War. And we had the British that were saying, oh, you're going to be under our thumb. And in much the same way, Ukrainians who split from from uh, uh, Russia as, as part of the, the breakup years ago, uh, they've been making their own way. And now Russia says, no, no, you're going to be ours again. And, and Ukraine is saying, no, no, we are not going to be the Ukraine again. We are still Ukraine. 
See how they drop the? It's, I mean, it's the most important article in, a, in American geography. And they, uh, and so I think there's a lot of us that look back at that and go, you're the scrappy underdog. We were there. We love this fight for you. We love this history. And we want you to win. We're backing you. We're rooting for you. Unfortunately, all this Ukraine talk is bringing back fear of World War III, which is now trending on Twitter. I would caution you that we are not necessarily headed toward World War III, and this isn't necessarily the catalyst. And every time that there's been a battle since 1945, anywhere in the world, people have supposed it would be the start of World War III. That is yet to happen. All right. uh, If you are traveling this weekend, I'm going to tell you where not to go. Got a few suggestions. That's next. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken, KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on your iHeartRadio app. KFI is giving you a chance to win a two-night stay at Southern California's premier oceanfront destination, the Terranea Resort, breathtakingly situated on 102 acres atop the Palo Verdes Peninsula with endless views of the Pacific Ocean. Winners will stay in an ocean view suite, play a round of golf for two with the links, and have dinner at the Catalina Kitchen. You can unwind at the Terranea's award-winning spa and wellness center, lounge by one of their four ocean view pools or dine at their eight distinctive on-site restaurants. Go to tyrannia.com to learn more. Visit KFI AM 640 on Instagram and enter to win a stay at the luxury resort that's right here at home and feels like a million miles away. (sighs) Sounds good to me. I don't know about you, but it starts getting cold. Right. And uh, in fact, I saw my, my daughter posted on Instagram. She's much better at the, at the gram than I am. My daughter had a, a post up there with temperatures drop below 50. And I don't know if she's kidding or if she's just become sort of so Southern California that she actually believes this. So background, Mark, my daughter is 20. Crap. How old is she? 25 now. And she lives in uh, West Hollywood. And, uh, you know, she only talks to me if uh, something's gone wrong or she needs something, right? Usually both of those together. Uh, But always is appreciative, and I think she loves me. She's just wildly independent and doesn't want to bother me. She's a lot like me in that regard, where I don't like to bother people. I don't want to interrupt your life unless, unless I, you know, have to. So she's, I don't take, I'm not, I don't take offense to my daughter not calling me on a regular basis, but I am an old man and I start to think that maybe she doesn't love me anymore. So my daughter posts on the gram, she's, she's got a, I don't know, one of those, uh, what do they call it? Sherpa lined, uh, pullovers, you know, it's the real fuzzy pullover. And then she's got her hat on and she says, it says on the Instagram says sub zero freezing temperatures, right? She's got a picture of herself outside. And then it says 48 degrees. It's flashing on the screen. It says 48 degrees. And then her caption is sub-zero freezing temperatures. And I thought, does she know that sub-zero does not mean 48 degrees? That education's money well spent. I know it. I know it. That's that, uh, that's that uh, Cal State system that she got through. And I'm just wondering, like, does she know or is she is she being facetious, right? Is she exaggerating? Is this Or is this one of those situations where... The word literally has actually changed definitions. Did you know that? The word literally can now be used in uh, as a replacement for the word figuratively. Yeah, it means either literally or not at or all not. literally. I don't, <laughs> That's how it works now. 
Yeah, that's how it is. And I kind of wonder, is this one of those situations where the where younger generations will simply say anything they find cold means sub-zero freezing? Will sub-zero freezing no longer mean temperatures below freezing? Are you going to haul I, off and suggest to the listeners that young people are prone to overstatement when they're inconvenienced by something? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we all do that, don't we? I mean, we all we all blow things up. Uh, even we we take it we take it for granted, Mark. But I mean, when we were growing up, things were rad, right? They were rad. Oh, that's rad, man. True. But rad is radical. Is it really so radical? Everything that we were looking at. Hey, man, I like your shorts. They're radical. Are they radical, or is it just unique? Is it just a nice print that you have on there? The word awesome used to mean something that was so awe-inspiring, so mind-blowing that it was awesome. And now we're like, oh, that's cool. That's awesome. Right? I mean, we all do it. But I don't like it when kids do it on their own. Listen, we already changed the language for you, youngsters. You just just do it the way we do it. Don't Don't go going any further than we did. Don't you go change anything more, or I'm going to start saying your generation is ruining everything. Don't you go doing that. So my daughter is funny. She's a sub-zero freezing temperatures, 48 degrees. I talked to Pops uh, before the show because I check in with Pops periodically. And yesterday was uh, my parents' 47th uh, wedding anniversary, uh, which is great. I told my wife that. we've been. My wife and I have been married 18 years. I go, uh, she says, how many years have they been together? I said, 47. She goes, 47 years married to that per- that one person. Can you imagine that? Like, my wife said that. Almost incredulously. Well, it reminds me of the old joke. I'm not even sure I'd like to do anything I enjoyed for that long. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's Jack Benny or not. That's that's your your dad's generation. Yeah, but my wife, we've been married 18 years, and she's looking at 47 years like, oh, that sounds like a prison term. And I'm like, wait, I'm sitting right here. Like, I'm the one you're saying. It sounds horrible to spend that much time with. Hello? So I talked to Pops, and I said, you know, happy anniversary, and I talked to him again today. I talked to him a couple times a week, and and I said, uh, hey, it looks like uh, you've probably heard about this weather system that's going through the Midwest, and he's in upper Michigan, uh, northern Michigan, I should say. not not up, I say upper, and people think of the UP, and that's not it. He's in northern Michigan, which is the lower peninsula, and I said, hey, uh, you guys ready for the storm? He goes, ah, you know, Dem, meaning that the, the forecasters are always wrong. We had a guy when I was growing up, and I grew up in that area. And uh, he was the he was the weatherman for the Traverse City CBS station, and we used to call him Blizzard Bill because anytime there was a anytime that there was going to be a snowfall, he would tell you you know uh, batten down the hatches, ducking cover, all this kind of stuff because it was going to be the worst ever. He tended, but I think that, I think meteorologists in snow prone areas kind of get that reputation because they always tell you here's how bad it could be, so that you prepare for the worst and hope for the best, right? But I said, Pops, it looks like you're going to get hit with the snow. He's ah. You know them. I said, uh, uh, what's that again? Uh, you know them. Won't be too bad. But got the snowblower tuned up just in case. So Pops is ready. He got the snowblower tuned up. 70, but he got the snowblower tuned up, so he's ready to do his quarter-mile-long drive now. Should he have to. This, uh, this storm that's moving through the Midwest is a bomb cyclone blizzard. It will unleash an Arctic blast and freezing temperatures. So if you are planning to travel this holiday, 
probably best to avoid places like Chicago, Minneapolis, Detroit. Just avoid Detroit anyway. Indianapolis, uh, even Nashville is going to be cold, uh, and they're going to have freezing rain in the in the, sort of the middle south, uh, Charlotte, Raleigh, uh, Charlottesville. Uh, these places are going to have freezing rain. D.C. And then later on in the week, they're talking about Buffalo getting Buffalo-like snowfall, where well over a foot of snow could be falling. Uh, most of that coming off of uh, the, the Great Lakes, and they get that lake effect snow all the way across Lake Erie, uh, dropping onto Buffalo, and even into places like New York. Now, here's the good news. If you are planning on traveling, say you're leaving tomorrow, you're going to go to LAX and you're going to fly to JFK. Great. You're in good shape. If you're leaving tomorrow from LAX to O'Hare, don't. You're going to get backed up. It's going to be a mess. But if you're going to the East Coast, you're going to JFK or LaGuardia or uh, you're going to uh, one of the others in that, you know, along the East Coast, the Eastern Seaboard, you're probably going to be okay, but you're going to want to wait through the storm. And that storm is going to be hitting. Uh, Pop says, the storm's supposed to come tomorrow night, he says. Okay, Dad, that sounds great. Tomorrow night. And I said, well, how long is it going to last? He goes, ah, you know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, Dad. He says, you know, it'll be around. Okay, Pops, that's great. So I looked it up, and I think he's supposed to have snow tomorrow afternoon through Friday afternoon. The warning lasts until Saturday morning. Blizzard warning, but you know Dem. If you're going to New York, and let's say, and I, and I was thinking about where you might want to travel. First of all, people in New York would rather come here than you want to go to New York. But if you're going, let's say you're going to go do the Times Square thing, go now. If, you, if you're headed out now, you're going to get there ahead of the storm, but you're going to have to batten down the hatches during as the storm moves across uh, the Midwest, the Upper Plains, and then into the, the Northeast. But the thing is, is that next week, um, later in the week, it's actually going to get warm. So New Year's Eve... Uh, in Times Square, should be pretty nice this time uh, this year. Should be a nice time. So enjoy that if you can, uh, if that's part of your plans. If not, just stay where you are. Good Lord. When you when the most you have to complain about is that the nighttime temperatures drop below 50, why in the world would you think about getting on a plane and going someplace where they're hoping to see 25 for a high? My God, that's, that's, that's sub-zero freezing temperatures for real, like literally. All right, we'll talk about the electrified post office next. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken at KFI AM640 live everywhere in your iHeartRadio app. The post office is about to go electric. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, the uh, USPS uh, plans on going almost all electric vehicles by 2026. In fact, they're getting ready to order about 100,000 uh, new vehicles, just over 100,000 new vehicles. Most of those are going to be uh, electric. According to the Washington Post, the Postal Service is going to buy 66,000 vehicles to build one of the largest electric fleets in the nation. Uh, Biden administration officials announcing that yesterday, turning uh, to one of the most recognizable vehicles on American roads, the boxy white mail trucks to fight climate change. Postal officials, and this is where it gets more specific, postal officials uh uh, plans call for buying 60,000 next-generation delivery vehicles from defense contractor Oshkosh, of which 45,000 will be electric. 
the agency will also purchase 46,000 models from mainstream automakers, of which 21,000 will be electric. So I don't know why they do it this way. I don't know why we're buying postal delivery vehicles from a defense contractor and then more from uh, mainstream automakers. I don't know which mainstream automakers, if that means we're going to go with uh, the the Jeeps or uh, Ford delivery vans or if they're going to go with the, the, uh, the Mercedes-Benz uh, vans. I don't have any idea. I will tell you this. Uh, looking at the photograph that the Post ran with it, they do have one, I believe it's a Ford uh, delivery van, like a transit van, totally normal. They also have another vehicle, and I'm guessing this is the the one from the defense contractor. It looks um, it looks like a child was trying to draw a duck, and somebody put wheels on it. That's what the vehicle looks like. I don't know how to describe it any other way than that. It looks don't like you a think really they, they look like they could be distant relatives of the old AMC Pacers, don't they? Way distant. Yes, <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah, it's like they tried to keep the, you know, that that current look where they've got sort of the sliding door, and also the the elongated front. Except this is just hideous. It's one of the ugliest looking things I've ever seen ever. And I'm a guy that liked the Pontiac Aztec. Okay, I'm in the pro Pontiac Aztec camp. I thought that was a cool vehicle. I thought it was ahead of its time. But I'm looking at this and I'm going, that's ugly. So. If a guy that thinks the Aztec was not ugly, you can imagine how ugly this thing really is. All right? That's uh, that's where I'm coming from. It's to deter theft, right? No problem. Because <laughs> no, nobody problem. wants to drive around in one of no, those. Uh... No. Can you imagine pulling that into the chop shop? Everybody would be like, what's wrong with you? Nobody wants to be caught dead driving one of those things. And i got to tell you, if the Postal Service is trying to deter new employees because they're worried about paying for their, their pensions ahead of time... Congratulations. Nobody wants to be seen in one of those vehicles. You won't have any trouble with people not applying for the job. Oh, it's hideous. Terrible. Of course, you're going to have people that are, in fact, the the headline is this, Postal Service will electrify trucks by 2026 in climate win for Biden. I don't know how that's a win for Biden. I don't know how we have the, congratulations, Biden wins. You won the climate, Joe Biden. I don't know who lost then. Who loses in that? Like people that don't want more efficient vehicles, I guess, lose. Uh, I suppose. Um, people that yeah, you know, they they like to complain about uh, uh, contracts or policies that favor environmentally friendly groups. They're going to say, "Oh, this is very f- friendly to the the EV manufacturers." So I guess they win. But I mean, what's the alternative then? Do you favor less environmentally friendly groups? So. Oh, they want this is this is like talking to my father. It's just everything. He's just angry about everything. So is oh the and the electric car makers must be happy. Uh, well, I'm sure they are. They just they're going to pull contracts for tens of thousands of vehicles. So yeah, I'm pretty sure they're happy. But if they don't get that, uh, are you going to say, well, I I bet the combustion engine manufacturers are pretty happy. Uh, yeah, I mean they they would be. So it just is. I mean, if you have to have a winner, then I guess you have to have a loser. But sometimes you've got wins that benefit society as a whole, and then the losers come out ahead in the long run. For instance, 
You know, we had a whole civil war thing in this country, and we had half the country that said slavery is bad, and we had half the country that said owning other people is a great idea, and in the civil war we had winners and losers, and yet I would argue that even though the South lost, they still came out ahead because they're not owning people, and morally they're better off than they would have been had they won. See what I mean? I mean, you've got winners and losers, but sometimes... Sometimes losing, you're still a winner. The electric vehicles are part of the plan to replace the fleet of 30-year-old trucks that uh, the post office still has. Um, They lack air conditioning. They lack airbags and other standard safety features. This blew my mind. For people, you're in the Inland Empire in late August or September, uh, you got Santa Ana's that are bringing temperatures to, you know, 110. And you see your postal delivery person out there in a vehicle that doesn't have air conditioning, doesn't have airbags, may not even have anti-lock brakes for Pete's sake, certainly doesn't have backup cameras. I mean, I kind of feel bad for the people that are, although the vehicles that they're driving now, while technologically inept, they're far more attractive than the junk they're about to be driving. But here's the other kicker. You realize that those postal trucks, the 30-year-old trucks that they're driving right now, they get 8.2 miles per gallon. 8.2. I had a three-quarter ton Chevy uh, in the early 2000s with a giant 6.2 liter V8 engine in it, and I got 11 miles to the gallon. I had nearly half again... Uh, better gas mileage than those postal trucks have right now. That's horrible. Now, 30 years ago, we weren't paying 4 or $5 a gallon for gas. So maybe they thought not a big deal, but it sure is now. I got to believe that these EVs are going to start paying for themselves. And as the infrastructure goes in, this may be another good reason. Remember, the whole reason we have roads in the first place is because the Postal Service has to have them. It's in the Constitution. Check it out. Maybe part of the reason, uh, one, of the, one of the other upsides to this is that while the Postal Service starts electrifying their fleet, that spurs more investment into the infrastructure for EVs, which is the big hang-up to adoption nationwide right now. We're better at it here in California than anywhere else in the nation. But maybe this helps the rest of the country start to catch up because you're going to have to have charging stations because your postal delivery person needs it flat out needs it one thing that i think we can all agree on in uh, in california is that uh, people are tense and we thought legalizing marijuana would help with that but it doesn't seem to have helped with that so much as people are still really tense and sometimes just intense I wonder if legalizing something else would make that better. We'll kick that around in just a moment. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken on KFI AM 640. It's more stimulating talk. We're live everywhere in your iHeart Radio app.
Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 